Hello and welcome to The Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. I'm Tony R. I'm a sexaholic, uh, sober since um, May of 1993. Uh, I'm powerless over lust, powerless over my thoughts and my emotions. Um, like a couple said, we all have the same amount of sobriety today. We have our reprieve, and we work our program, and we start again tomorrow when the new reprieve starts. Um, I've been in the fellowship for uh, over 30 years. Um, it took me a while to really uh, bottom out. Um, for five years, uh, I had some periods of nine months and I'd slip. And uh, finally, something happened that got me working the program and uh, rigorous honesty. Uh, I have to say this. When I came into the program and heard the word honesty, I thought I was always honest. And then I began to realize I have a lot of secrets. Uh, Secrets to prevent people from knowing what I was doing. I lived with a community and I remember, uh, one of them asking me in the morning, where were you? And I said, well, I was just awakened. I thought I'd take a little ride. Yeah, I, I took the ride, but I didn't tell them what I did when I took the ride. So uh, even though I thought I was rigorously honest, I really wasn't. And what I found out is I needed humility to be honest. And I needed to be accountable, and therefore I needed a sponsor. And also, I have to be responsible for my actions. For a long time, I used to blame others because of my addiction. But to be honest, and rigorous honest, I had to be responsible for them. And that's not easy to do because, again, it requires a lot of humility. Going to any length. It took me a while to realize how important that is. I mean, I had a lot of half measures, and uh, they didn't get me any place. And to go to any length uh, requires an awful lot. When I look back, I went to any length to get my addiction satisfied. I still remember driving an hour and a half through a rainstorm to get to some strip joint. You know, and, and why didn't I have the same kind of uh, desire to go to any length for sobriety? And um, 
just want to share with you something. You know, I've been in the program a long time. Um, I've had good sobriety, you know, sometimes better than others. And um, I'm still an addict. Um, and just recently, um, I live in a situation where there are a lot of uh, women, even though I'm <laughs> older than all of you, I think. Um, and this woman that I felt attracted to is my age, maybe even older. And um, it's interesting that the old addict started coming up. This person was with another man who has moved out and has gone someplace else. So my addict, you know, of course, sees, oh, she's available for some relationship. And uh, I've got a commitment that doesn't make me available for that kind of relationship. But when my addict was working, uh, that didn't seem to matter too much. And uh, I began to get into some fantasy. A lot of it was kind of romantic and uh, affectionate. But then, you know, all of a sudden, those fantasies became sexual. And um, what I had to do, which I didn't want to do, is get on the phone and call my sponsor. It was important for me to do that. And uh, just a couple of days ago, I was out walking, and uh, who comes by but that same woman? And we're, we talked a little bit. And again, I kind of felt that attraction. And um, again, I know in my prayer, I, I journal a lot. So I, I kind of just laid it out in my prayer and then uh, called my sponsor again. Even though he wasn't answering, I left a message there on the phone telling me exactly what was going on and letting it go. So um, going any, any length uh, is really important. Um, I used to travel a lot in my uh, work. And fortunately, I had a few people that I traveled with who knew about my addiction. So when I really got serious and accountable, oftentimes at night when we were in a different city and I had the, I had the car, I'd give the keys to someone and say, keep them, keep them tonight. Because I, I, I couldn't take a chance that if I had the keys, I'd be off. And uh, even when I was home, um, in Milwaukee, uh, several times early on in my uh, recovery, I had to give the keys to one of the guys I lived with. And um, the other thing was, um, I never thought that I would be able to take a sabbatical and go to Hawaii for three months. And yeah, I went to the beach and uh, any place I went, you know, there were attractive women. And oftentimes I got on the phone and called somebody in the fellowship when I felt that I needed to kind of let go of something. And, uh, and I did okay. I mean, I, I made those three months. They were great months. And I stayed sober. But to say go to any length, I used to call in my Tuesday and Friday meeting. There was at that time a five-hour difference. They'd be meeting at noon, and I'd have to get on the phone at 7 o'clock in the morning. But that was important to me 
doing that, I think, was the way in which I was able to go to a place that if I didn't have my my program, would have been a disaster as far as my addiction is concerned. And yet, because I was willing to go to any length, uh, something positive happened. So again, um, no matter how many years you have of sobriety, it's today. It's today. And as we, we say, we have a reprieve and we work our program. But tomorrow, it has to start all over again. And um, like many others, when I started, I thought, well, one of these years, I'll be cured. I won't have all this desire for sex, this the desire to objectify, especially women. And, uh, you know, I can kind of be like anybody else. Well, after uh, 30 years, uh, it hasn't happened, and it won't happen, uh, because, as I like to say, we have a terminal disease, but we've got the medicine to keep it in remission, but also to, to give us a good quality of life besides keeping the addiction in remission. So, again, um, that's pretty much what I wanted to say today. Um, and for me, maybe finishing early is a good idea because I tend to talk over sometimes. So again, I, I appreciate Luke, uh, asking me and inviting me to be with you today and to, to share, uh, my hope uh, for all of you and my hope for myself. And so with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Yes, Hi, uh, Tony, thank you so much for your share. And, uh, it's great to meet you. Um, and my question would be, because I, I, I relate so much to, to your share and to the topic, yeah, rigorous honesty and going to any length. Um, how do you, how do you practice it today? What is for you today going to any length and what is for you today going to any length? Thank you. Yeah, I, I think today, um, I, I gave an example and, um, Going to any length to me means that when I have uh, fantasy coming back, sometimes euphoric recall coming back, uh, I've got to pay attention to it and I've got to be accountable about it. And sometimes that means when I go to a meeting, I, I, I get current. Uh, a lot of times when it's really serious, like the one I just talked to about, going to any length means I got to call my sponsor, you know, and, and be accountable. And uh, I don't necessarily find it real easy to call my sponsor. I, I differ, One of my defects is pride. So I have to keep <laughs> turning that over and letting it go. But uh, basically, that's what I do. I, you know, basically, it's uh, get back to the sponsor. And uh, I mean, I go to two meetings a week. I, I, I'm available for sponsorship. Uh, these are all ways in which... Uh, I go to any length. And a lot of times, you know, I want to kind of stop talking to one of our members because I don't seem to be going places. But I've been pretty good and I, I, to any length. I'm going to be there for my my fellows in the fellowship. Uh, and uh, even when I don't want to do it, 
even though when I want to let the phone keep ringing and not pick it up so I can do what I'm doing. Uh, any length to me also means that we, I have to really be open and available. That's kind of what uh, I can offer. Thank you, Tony. Very helpful. Thank you, Tony. So I guess... Next is Sean. I, I by accident deleted his virtual hand. Okay. <laughs> That's okay, Luke. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm Sean Sexaholic. Um, thank you for your uh, your share. Uh, and um, and uh, really enjoyed listening to you. And uh, I'm relatively new to the fellowship. Um, I've tried it before, went out and come back. Um, but it was good to hear uh, your story and um, the fact that you've been around for such a long time and um, and that uh, by the sounds of things you, you've kept coming back and eventually you've got some sobriety uh, and that's you know that's good for me to hear. Um, I'm doing a lot of meetings at the moment, um, but I'm I'm you know luckily I'm being able to do them via Zoom. Um, but uh, I was curious as to you know in your early days how many meetings you know, were you able to get to and and how did you sort of manage to have some kind of fellowship, you know, in terms of helping you to to, to get your recovery? Uh, fortunately, um, when I when I finally admitted that I had a, a problem and s- started going to uh, fellowship, I, I was actually in uh, Texas at the time and uh, uh, went to meetings um, and, you know, it was like uh, I went, you know, to, to to get some information, and uh, then eventually, uh, the next year, I was up in in South Bend on a sabbatical, and used to go to Chicago uh, every week to pick up a meeting. And uh, now, when I got to Milwaukee, uh, there were three or four meetings, and I, I started going to them. Um, and um, it took me a while to really. Um, except the fact that I couldn't do it on my own. I needed a sponsor. And uh, that to me is very important. I, I'll say that over and over again. Get a sponsor as soon as you can, uh, because that's the way in which you're going to really learn the program and begin to be accountable. And um, I've been very fortunate to have some excellent uh, uh, sponsors and, and some who really challenged me a couple of times to get my act together and to, to really uh, work the program. and. Um, uh, you know, we there were days when earlier on when we used to go out after and talk and have something to eat and you know got get, got a real sense of fellowship and uh, um, I, oh yeah, I, I wanted to say one thing to you. I I left also in those first five years. I left and I did contact my sponsor, but. And said I'd be going to a meeting, but it took another three or four times of contacting him before I really went back. Uh, so uh, I've been there, and uh, just keep coming back. It, it'll work. Uh, it'll work. So yeah. that's that's what I would offer you. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Tony. The next one is Thomas, please. Hello. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, I just wanted to 
uh, I want to stop raising my hand. Uh, I just wanted to ask about uh, how how is you know like uh, you're doing now in recovery uh, with this um, let's say compulsion, you know, like uh, to take looks or to to feel tempted to look. I'm, I'm in a fellowship for almost three years, but uh, you know, sometimes I feel like a small child, like, no, I don't want, you know, to give, give this, you know, like, I don't know what, but uh, sometimes it feels like uh, I'm in uh, some kind of a dead, dead end, you know, like uh, I, I make calls, you know, go to meetings, but uh, I don't know, some days are just feeling like what's going on, you know, and uh so yeah, I just wanted you know to share to surrender as well this uh, and uh, just for some kind some experience of yours. So thanks. Okay, um, good question. I you know I still um, deal with the whole idea of what we call custody of the eyes, but you know uh, it's what's helped me a lot is. Um, realizing you know when i'm doing it now uh i still remember i did a lot of walking when i was younger and in the winter time i walked in malls and uh it's interesting how uh finally i realized what are you doing going to the mall to walk and oftentimes it was to get looks you know and um i finally you know uh, I don't go to malls now, uh, and as I as I uh, got more and more involved in the program, uh, I would uh, say, okay, you're going to walk in this store, go down these aisles, you know the ones you usually walk, and just go right out. Um, I had I had problems looking at magazine covers, and uh, so all of a sudden I just uh, decided that I don't go to, down the aisles where uh, there's magazines. Um what really helped one time was I was with a friend who was not an addict, but knew that I was an addict. And we were sitting in a coffee shop in a bookstore. And uh, we're talking. And my mind was off into the the, section, the, the the aisle where all the magazines were. And I said to him, finally, I said, uh, you know, uh, did you notice any of the magazines there? No, he didn't. You know, so I said, well. I just need to let you know that I need to get my mind out of there and here. Um, those are all the ways, uh, you know, which uh, uh, have helped me. Uh, again, you know, you're a lot younger. I, you're fine. I mean, I'm finding out as I get older and older that my sex drives are not as strong. Uh, they're still there. You know, and they still can give me the adrenaline rush if I uh, don't deal with it. But um but it, there's something about promise. You, you know, we, we get into recovery, and I don't think about this stuff 24 hours a day like it did before. Uh, a lot of times I'd be thinking, well, you know, got some time now, I'm going to go uh, take a walk. Well, a lot of my walks were for different reasons. And uh, now it, yeah, I think being honest about it, talking about it with the sponsor, these are all ways in which I think uh, we can help ourselves, to, you know, to, to, to surrender this, give it away. You know, I pray for people, too, sometimes when uh, it really, you know, it's affecting me. So that's about it. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. Thank you.
Yanis, please. Yanis uh, Sexaholic, uh, thank you, Tony, for your, for your share this evening. I hear the phrase a lot in the fellowship that sober is not well. And I wondered if you could share what are the daily things that you do uh, in your recovery to get well? Okay. I'm not perfect at it, but uh, what I usually do is um, after I'm uh, up and showered, uh, I'll read some uh, some sacred scripture um, and also um, a few uh, um, Meditation, meditational uh, materials. Uh, try to read uh, some of the uh, our literature. There are times when the real connection was something I, I read every day and uh, you know reflected on it. Um, for me, uh, I pray, uh, and what helps me pray is is journaling. Um, it's like I. I have a conversation with my higher power, and, I, and I, it's important for me to do this as the day begins. And when I do it as the day begins, my day goes a whole lot better. When I don't do it, then I struggle sometimes during my day. And uh, uh, I usually, you know, probably journal, have this conversation with my higher power for about a half hour to 45 minutes. And uh, uh, oftentimes at night, uh, I'll take some time and just reflect on the day, and um, if there's a need for me to, you know, to surrender some things, um, I do that. If I'm really bothered at night with something, uh, I'll oftentimes give, get up and uh, sit down and uh, have another conversation with my higher power, and uh, that really helps me. Uh, I call my sponsor probably once a month at this point. I see him more often. Um, that's about what, you know, that, that's about what I'm doing in order to, uh, you know, stay sober and be in recovery. You're right about that. Thank you. Um, the next one is Juan Carlos. Thank you. Uh, thank you, uh, Juan Carlos. Uh, thank you, Tony, for your share. Yes, Carlos. Yes. Uh, a few weeks ago, I, I was attending another meeting, and this uh, sentence, the, the idiom, go to any length, uh, well, was sounding in, inside me because just now, before the, this talk, uh, I have checked it in the, uh, check, uh, I have looked up at the Merriam Wester, and it said uh, to go to any length means to make a great or extreme effort to do something. Um, I remember when I was a child that I was making great and, well, and I don't know, extreme effort to survive. So now in recovery, I need to remember that uh, what's the length of this extreme uh, effort? Uh, because I don't know, my mind is not still uh, with serenity to, to know the length. The, so I, you said uh, your sponsor, yeah, I... I can check with my sponsor a decision, but uh, God sometimes speaks through other guys in this in this fellowship. But uh, I would like to know how do you know what the length of this 
strength or, or, or effort you, you, you need to do for teams. Thank you. Yeah, one of the things that, as you're talking that comes to my mind is uh, it's not willpower. It's, it's a willingness that, that has to be at the, the bottom of all this. Uh, I, you know, I tried for too long with my willpower. And uh, it, what it really means going to extra length is I kind of find, I, I have to let go. I can't just keep this stuff in my head. I got to get it out in the light. Um, and, uh, you know, it depends. Some days um, it's going to be harder than other days. Uh, but the one thing that I'd say is it is, it doesn't, it didn't, it never worked with willpower. And, you know, willingness was, was a long time to come for me sometimes. And uh, it's, it's the whole thing of surrender. I mean, don't fight your fantasy. Pray to your higher power to take it. And uh, you fight it, it doesn't work. You surrender it and let it go, that works. And, you know, I think that has a lot to say about any length. Uh, it's not time or days or years, but it's this desire, this willingness in us to really work our program work this whole surrender to our higher power, you know, daily in our lives when, when things come up that we don't have control over. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you, Tony. Um, Greg, please. Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of newcomers, when they come in, uh, they have uh, – they don't get a sponsor right away. And that's probably more common than not. And uh, I know when I came in at first, I didn't get a sponsor until I was probably, gosh, a couple of years into the program. I was afraid they'd make me do something, you know, I was afraid they'd make me start working the steps or something like that. But uh, anyway, so I was at that time married and so everybody was telling me to work, do rigorous honesty. So I would tell my now ex-wife all my thoughts. And uh, if I started looking at a, another woman, I would do that. And of course, that was not a good idea, you know, and because it really hurt her a lot. And so... Um, it was kind of like, you know, I, uh, it was like tearing the scab off of uh, her. Mm -hmm. uh, she was starting to heal. And then all of a sudden I would start telling her this stuff. So, and that is really common. Uh, I see that with a lot of newcomers and they make their wife, their accountability partners and their wives want them to do that. They, they don't know that it's probably not good for him. But uh, anyway, that's one of my common ob observance, observations that I see with newcomers that come in, that especially are married. But anyway, I'd like your comments on that. I know you're not married, but uh, still. But I've been uh, in the program, and you know, I I've uh, witnessed by the sharing that uh, what you're talking about can be very damaging. Uh, in relationships and uh, 
I know that when we do a new uh, comers meeting, you know, a group of us with a newcomer, we really will stress this whole thing that's in the book, white book about you don't start sharing this stuff with your wife, your family. You're going to have to get good sobriety, good sobriety. And then you can talk with us and then the time may come where, uh, you know, you'll be able to do that. And uh, we have a few um, sex uh, counselors who really push the guys to, you know, share early on. But it's usually done in a, in a counseling situation where uh, the wife and the uh, addict have a chance to, to share and talk before they get to the point where uh, there's going to be revelation. And uh, some guys have to struggle after that for a long time, you know, because uh, it takes a long time sometimes for a spouse to, to be able to let go and, and feel healed. And uh, uh, sometimes it doesn't work, uh, but uh, that, that's, that's the thing that we would stress in a newcomer's name, because why do you want to, Tell your wife about this because you want to feel good. You know, you want to feel, you know, I got it all out. So, you know, but if we forget what we're getting out is affecting someone. It's affecting someone very deeply sometimes. So, you know, hold off. You know, we're not supposed to share if people are going to get hurt. You know, and uh, even when it comes to, even when it comes to uh, amends, you know, the eighth and ninth step, you be very careful sometimes. You know, what, 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 how people make amends and what they make amends around. You know, so. uh, that's Tony, cool. that's, the, that's the value of uh, having a sponsor, right? Oh, yeah, sure, sure. It is. Can I ask a question? Sure. Yeah, please, sure. yeah thank you. Thanks, brother, for your nice share. I just had a small question. Uh, what's your greatest length of outpraying the last lust like outpraying the lust I, I'm not clear about your question could you just repeat it again uh, I mean uh, one person told me that uh, when there is a flooding of lust inside my head I should outpray the lust I should pray uh, until the lust goes away so What's your experience of going to any lengths in it? Well, the problem that I that I have with with that it's my issue, might not be anybody else's. It's important to get out of your head, and uh, you know, just praying. Uh, am I really getting out of my head? Um, you know, I, I I'm praying to my higher power, uh, but it's much easier for me that, that, that I see someone or hear someone uh, where I can get what's going on in me out in the light. And then when I get out in the light, that's, that, that's the time when I kind of begin to, to give it over, you know, to my higher power. And uh, sometimes you got to do it several times. And, uh, but, to, but to me, it requires much more than just, Praying to your higher power on your own. For me, I need to have you know somebody out there, where I have to have a, a journal where I can put it all out in the light. That's the only thing I can do at that moment. So 
that's what I would suggest, Yabra, that um, uh, you need to do more than just pray. You need to, to talk to someone. You need to write it down, give it away in some way or other. And then, and then prayer can be of assistance as well. Thank you. You're welcome. Lee, please. Hi, my name's Lee. I'm a real sexaholic. Um, I uh, I really appreciate uh, your share, Tony. I I like you know I'm one of those people whose sobriety date is listed as all day, uh, and uh, <laughs> it. But I've got a sponsee uh, that tells me all the time that last week's shower doesn't keep me clean today, and. Uh, I I like that image, but uh, going to any length, uh, one of the things uh, that I do is, is I'm one who uh, believes in immersion, and uh, I I stay immersed uh, in the uh, program with sponsees and other people all day long. I mean, I get a flood of text, emails, phone calls. Uh, it, it keeps my attention away from other things. Uh, and I think that's, uh, for me, that's an important part of it. Mm-hmm. A quick story. Uh, when I started, there wasn't but six of us in Nashville with mm-hmm. one, one meeting a week. And we all knew that lives depended on going to that. And uh, so uh, I remember one night there was a horrible ice storm and Mm -hmm. people were paralyzed and all six of us showed up uh, at meeting uh, because we were willing to go to any length. And Mm -hmm. uh, ultimately, we got a, a, a member, Judson, who started lots of meetings in Nashville Mm -hmm. what got us rolling. But I just wanted to uh, say that uh, immersion, uh, what do you believe about immersion? That's my, uh, that's my thing. You want me to comment on it? If you would like, uh, I, what do you think about that? Well, I, I commend you for that. Uh, I'm not sure that I'm there yet. Um, but, you know, I feel when, when I'm connecting with sponsees and when I'm uh, checking in with people and uh, going to a couple of meetings, sometimes adding one on. Uh, yeah. So if you can do it, you know, those of us who are retired, I guess we could do it a lot easier than those that are still working and their families are growing. But uh, yeah, what you're saying is, you know, you've got a great gift. I'm not sure I'm there yet, but uh, uh, I, I, I salute you for, uh, for that. You know, you're right. You're, you're, your whole day is keeping you contact. Well, I, I see it. You know, you got your conscious contact with God, with your higher power. And that, that, that immersion is what is producing that for you, making it for you. So I salute you. Thank you. Well, thanks, Tom. Thank you. Um, Neil, you you had your hand raised. 
Do you want to talk now? Ask a question of Tony? No, it's been addressed. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Um, Mason, please. Thank you. Hi, Tony. Uh, Mason, Mason. You, from the UK. Um, I just was thinking as you were talking that sort of when I phoned someone to surrender my lusts, that it actually contributes to making the whole thing sound really absurd. Um, and then I think, well, why on earth am I doing this? Um, I was just wondering what your thoughts are on sort of your own surrenders, if that is a major help for you. And if you're sort of looking at it and thinking, yeah, this is stupid. Because um, it works for me. I was just wondering what you thought. No, I, I, you know, for me, it's always helpful to to be accountable, and uh, it helps an awful lot for me to, like, when I talk to my sponsor about the situation that I find myself in, um, it was good. It was good to you know, and to, and to hear him say, "Well, I haven't heard you talking about something like that for a while now." So, you know, it's good that you're doing it, and uh, and he, he, even even when I got his voicemail. And was able to leave uh, and let go of what was on my in my crawl in my mind in my heart. Uh, it was better. You know, my day went on. So um, yeah, it does seem stupid sometimes, but I think that's. I mean, I don't know about you, but I struggle with pride and uh, humility can be a tough thing for me. But you know, and I think you got to have humility to do those kind of things. Uh, but they work. Uh, I'm convinced that I wish I would be convinced more of it. You know, every so often I get hit with the two by four again to, to wake up. So, uh, yeah, that's brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, Mason. Uh, Carl, please. Hi. Thank you for the talk, Carl P. Sexaholic. Uh, I'd like to ask. Do you have any advices on how to um, pick up a phone when there is some cravings and there is some lust? Because I have a lot of uh, dummy talks or a lot of rationalizations that I don't need it and I have no time, I have to work, I have to do something. So do you have any uh, advices how to overcome those uh, dummy, to dummy talks, rationalizations? Thank you. Uh it's a struggle for me too sometimes. Um, yeah, I, I, if there's one thing that I always have to criticize myself for and hear criticism about is I don't initiate calling enough. Um, I do when I'm really struggling. Um, but I do, you know, one of the things I have to watch out is, you know, well, this isn't so bad, so you know, I, I don't have to, I don't have to check in with it. And, you know, so that, that, that's the struggle I think sometimes when we start getting into rationalization. And I think if you become, if we can come, become more aware of that, and then do what we don't want to do, I mean, that's one of the things it says in the the white book. We and hey, you keep doing things even if you don't want to do them, and eventually you'll want to do them. Uh, like meetings, you know, I think when I first, oh, I, I made excuses for not getting the meetings. Now, you know, if I miss a meeting, I, I, I got to find a way of making it up. Uh, I I want to go to meetings. I want to go to meetings, though, uh, because it's a lifeline. And, uh, yeah, the rationalization thing, I, I think you, the more you get aware of it and just 
as it says, you don't want to do it, but do it, do it, do it, and eventually you're going to want to do it. Maybe. I hope that helps. Thank you. That helps. Yeah, just just to say a couple of brief things. Um, I appreciated very much uh, the opportunity that Luke uh, invited me to to do. Um, I have to say this, you know, um, one of my weaknesses came out today. Um, I think I said it. One of the problems I have is I I can preach about using the phone, but um, it's a place where I need to do more work, uh, put it put it more into my program. Um, not not wait for people to call me, but be the initiator. Um, and and why I want to say that is um, I don't know what people got from me, but I know that I got a lot from the people who ask questions made observations. And I think anytime I go to a meeting or get into the fellowship, uh, there's something that always helps me. I get an insight that maybe I didn't quite have before. So I want to thank those of you uh, who listened to me and those of you that spoke with me. I, I really appreciate that. I want to give you, I want to thank you. and. Uh, I really also want to pass on to Milwaukee uh, how great a fellowship we really have. You know, I, I'm just so impressed. I can't remember your name, our leader. Who? It's Moin. Again? Moin. Moin. You know, I mean, it's wonderful to meet somebody from Iran and to uh, to know how 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 you know uh, how how that whole fellowship began and is growing and then the this, this the UK people and uh, you know I'm, I'm missing some of the you know places that people are from but uh, uh, it's just a good realization for me to realize too that that our, our fellowship is global and and we have a message that resonates throughout the whole world and uh, we have to give thanks to those that started I say uh, and those that. You know, started age so that essay could eventually get started. So again, I, I thank you all, and uh, it's been a good morning and good day for me. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of the Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.